It's Tuesday, July 27th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, uh, the trade deadline draws ever closer as the Indians are, uh, had an off day yesterday. They're getting ready to open a quick two-game series against the Cardinals tonight. But really what's on everybody's mind is what's going to happen over the next three to four days with the Indians, with their roster, with the future. Uh, and, and sort of the biggest question and the biggest chip that the Indians hold right now is Jose Ramirez. Uh, and if, if it, it, it sounds so crazy to think uh, uh, that the Indians would even be entertaining the thought of trading Jose Ramirez right now. He's a three-time MVP finalist. He's uh, a, a three-time uh, All-Star and uh, a Silver Slugger Award winner. He's right now uh, the best player that they have. And because of the way his contract is structured, because of the way uh, he's, he's set up over the next couple of years with club options, uh, affordable club options for, for most teams, uh, he's, he's the guy with the most value on the trade market right now for the Indians. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really an interesting situation, Joe. And, uh, you know, logic says they won't trade him. Um, but uh, your heart but says that your heart says they won't trade him. Yeah, your, your heart, heart as an Indians fan says they ain't going to trade this guy. Yeah. And, and, and uh, but, you, you know, you look at the track record, you look at all, over the last two or three, four years who they've traded. They've traded their top ticket guys. And they've tried to get as much back as they can for him. You know, uh, Bauer and, and Clevenger, uh, you know, we've seen it, uh, you know, time and time again, the moves they've made. So, um, you know, this is a, there's, there's not a lot of sentiment, I don't think, in the, with this organization. It, you know, I, I was talking to somebody and they said, uh, and I asked them, well, don't you need one guy kind of to hang your hat on? And, uh, you know, I was told, um, uh, who was who was Tampa Bay's one guy last year in the, in the World Series? Name me that that one guy. And right. he said, you win with the team, you don't win with one guy. So, you know, that was the message. Well, a couple of things about this situation make it a little different than uh, deadlines in years past with Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff and the way they've tried to operate. We've seen with the Trevor Bauer deal uh, that brought back you know, Framil Reyes and, and other pieces that were, you know, controllable pieces, affordable pieces to set up for the future. But they also at the time brought back Yasiel Puig, which was seen as a move to sort of try and win now for that season in, in back in what, 2019, uh, when that happened. Uh, I, I don't know that there's a deal out there that looks like that for, for a Jose Ramirez. Right there, it, there's no situation where you're going to get you're just going to get prospects back for for Jose. I, I can't see them bringing back a, a piece and trying to compete. If you're if you're going to deal Jose Ramirez now, you're you're sending a message that look the 2021 season isn't when we're going to try and be competitive. So why would they bring back you know both sides of that for them? Uh, you know a competitive piece now and something controllable for the future. Yeah, that's a good point, Joe, because, you know, when they did start trading, uh, you know, Clevenger and, and uh, Bauer, uh, you know, we kind of got the indication, and Kluber as well, although he wasn't at the deadline, but, you know, we got the indication that they had young starters coming, Plesak and Beaver 
and uh, Savali were, were, you know, in the, not even in the pipeline, they were in the big leagues. So is, is there a guy like that ready to replace Ramirez? You know, I don't think so. You know, we don't see that guy that, that could step right in there and take over for Jose. So, you know, I think that's probably another indication of if they do trade him, what kind of trade they, they'd be making. So you talk about depth at that position in the, in the franchise. And, and right now, Jose Ramirez is blocking their number one prospect overall, Nolan Jones. The, the problem there is Nolan Jones isn't necessarily lighting Columbus on fire. If that were the case, I would say that that might be more of a reason to, to sort of look at Jose and, and, and try to move him in that way uh, because you want to give Nolan Jones a chance at third base. But right now, Nolan Jones is bouncing back and forth, forth between the outfield and third base. Uh, maybe even playing a little first base. I, I haven't really been paying that close of attention to where he's playing defensively, but uh, Jones isn't, it, it, he's not, you know, he doesn't have a 900 OPS for the Clippers. It's, it, if that were the case, then I would say, you know, you, you've got to do something to get a, a spot for him created. Uh, not the case right now. So just another reason why maybe they don't look to trade a Jose Ramirez. Yeah. And, you know, you like, you know, like we've said, they've got him on an affordable, con, you know, con, uh, contract, you know, two club options coming up this in, in 2022 and uh, 2023. Uh, he is, uh, you know, he's what he's, he'll turn uh, 29 in, on, in September, mid September 17th. So, you know, he's still young. Uh, you know, he's, he's been banged up a little this year, more, more so than, than usual. You know, the foot injury, he's, he's playing with a bad elbow right now. It's come, kept him in and out of the lineup more than usual. But, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's just the bumps of the game or, or maybe age is, is starting to catch up to him. But, uh, you know, I think he's still, you know, uh, uh, you know he's still that, that key guy in that lineup that, that makes him go. Yeah, uh, Jose Ramirez, not necessarily the physical specimen that some other, you know, guy, players of his caliber are. Uh, he, he just, he sort of looks like, uh, he, he looks like a, a, a major league slugger stuffed into the body of a, you know, a, a sort of a, a, a minor league infielder or something like that. I don't know. Uh, it, he just never strikes me as like the the purely athletic baseball player. He's athletic and he's strong and he does everything that he needs to do. But you're right. Uh, sort of the, the, the daily wear that sort of Dominican player philosophy of playing every day. Maybe that, you know, is, is, is catching up to him a little bit. Uh, he keeps fouling balls off his feet and he got hit by a pitch in Pittsburgh and that he missed some time there. Uh, some of the, some of the wounds are, are definitely self-inflicted. Uh, the, the dive that, that messed up his elbow on the Michael Brantley grounder against Houston. But uh, he's still probably one of the most – you can pencil him in almost every day. You have to convince him to come out of the lineup. He's, he's proven to be a pretty durable ball player, even if he's not playing at 100%. Oh, yeah, definitely, Joe. And they're a better lineup with him in the lineup. I mean, he's got that, you know, that Kirby Puckett, Terry Pendleton body, you know, that short There you go. Body. Those are two great examples. Awesome. And, uh, you know, he's got that body, and those guys can play a long time. You know, we've seen <laughs> them play for forever, so – uh, you know, and but, but, to, but, to your, but to your point, he doesn't need to be hitting in that lineup at full, full health. I mean, he does other things defensively he's solid, but he also runs the bases and he's also such a threat that, that, you know, guys in front of him and behind him, they see better pitches because he's in, in the lineup. 
Yeah, definitely. He's, you know, you know, I remember, uh, you know, two different kind of players with uh, Travis Hafner and, and uh, Ramirez, but Hafner, you know, at the end of his career, you know, was, was not what he was three, four, five years before that, but, but he was a threat in the middle of the lineup and he saw people pitch around him. I, it always amazed he a, me. He was that, a walk machine at that yeah. point in his career. Yeah, and, and they still pitched around him because they feared his power. And I think uh, Jose is the same way. The, you, you see the intentional walks he's, he's gotten to get Franville to the plate a couple times, and Reyes has burned him. Right. Uh, so reasons out there, obviously the, the contract and, and that situation, reasons why the Indians won't trade him. Okay, or will trade him. Give us some reasons why they won't trade him. The, the, the chief among them. Uh, you need somebody to sort of hang your hat on, like you said. Uh, the heartstrings, the the fans, you know, would, would probably mutiny. Uh, you're going to be the Guardians next year. You need somebody to carry that uh, that weight there. You need a a face of the Guardians, maybe. And and Jose was one of those. Uh, you know, one of the four players that they put out there, or three or four players that they put out there wearing Guardians jerseys on in, in reimagined images. Uh, any other reasons? that that are, are are just really good sound arguments to keep Jose Ramirez past this trade deadline. Yeah, you know, he's still a productive player like we were talking about, Joe. He's still, you know, relatively young. This is a guy like we said, he's in the lineup every day when possible when they're not, you know, kind of babying babying him through and I think if they were, had been closer to the White Sox, he would have, you know, played through a lot of this stuff. If they if they were in contention more in the AL Central, he he would have been he would have been in the lineup a little more than he has been, uh, but um, I think uh, you know just uh, you know I don't know how how um, you know leadership it may be overrated, uh, but I think it counts on a baseball team, and you know in in his own way I think Jose you know we haven't seen it in action that you know that's what we miss from uh, not being in the locker room and not not being around. Uh, you know, the team as much as as much as usually that the writers usually are over the last two years because of COVID, you know, you could you could sense the personalities better when you're in the locker room. But, you know, Jose is still energetic. He's still chirping from the dugout. Uh, he's still, you know, comes up with big hits. And so I think, you know, you need that. You need that on a ball club. I think you need that on especially a younger club. You need a, a, a guy, one guy to show you the way here. Yeah, you're right. We haven't been in the clubhouse, so we don't know where the lockers are set up. Uh, and and after uh, a Carlos Santana moves on from from the team, uh, I don't know. I would imagine that Jose has taken over that uh, that first corner locker spot by the by the showers there. That's sort of indicative of the, that veteran presence and that leadership presence. Uh, I, I'm almost 100 percent certain that that's where he's sitting uh, at, at this time. Uh, any chance beyond, uh, you know, keeping him that they might try to extend him and rework a, a contract and, and, and lock him up for, you know, more than those two years. Uh, right now, what they've got him for over the next, uh, next two seasons with the options is quite affordable to pretty much any team in Major League Baseball. Now, the Indians have the lowest payroll or second lowest payroll in, in, in the game, but uh, Certainly, you know, 12, what, 13 million next year and like no, no buyout in the, the final year of the, the, in yeah. June 2023. So 
there's there's a lot there that's that's positive. Maybe you you look to throw a little more money at him and keep him for a little longer. Yeah, you know, I think that's a possibility. Um, you know, you know, I I I wonder if the, if the Jose would listen. You know, I mean, he's seen people pass him by. You know, players not as talented or just as talented. Uh, you know, get huge paydays. You know, and uh, you know he's been sitting there, kind of. Uh, you know, he so he he signed early. He signed for a long term, long time early. You know, so that that multi year deal. Uh, and sometimes guys get a little, you know, a little bitter, and you know, at, at at that that they may have made a mistake. And you know, whenever we've talked to Jose about that, he's he's always said he's happy with his contract. He's happy when he signed and for how long he signed. So I, you know, maybe the door is still open there, Joe. Maybe they they could convince him to stay. It 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 you know it hasn't happened. When was the last time? They've offered a, a veteran an extension. I mean, obviously they tried That's, to keep, Lynch, but that yeah. was kind of a, you know, they were barking up the wrong tree there. You know, that was a, a slippery slope, but uh, they've offered extensions to, you know, Bieber and, and, uh, the, and Clevenger, those guys didn't take them. Um, you know, uh, Perez, I guess, but that was a while ago too. You know, when they extend, you know, they, they signed him to the long-term deal, but I, I don't know if, the last time they've, they've signed a guy coming off, you know, a multi-year deal that that's, that's, we'd have to check that out. Right. And it doesn't fit with the way they're operating now. And certainly there are guys on the club who you would want to see them extend, you know, ahead of Ramirez since they've already got him pretty much in the fold for the next two years, if they want him. So I, 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 I just think the possibility might exist, but there are other priorities, I think with the organization, uh, ahead of, of, of necessarily doing that. So we'll see, uh, Friday's coming. Uh, there are teams out there that would, would definitely welcome him. Uh, I think the Braves would be a good fit as, as we've heard rumors about in the, in the past. I think even the, the Blue Jays might even, you know, want to make an offer, uh, make a run at him, uh, in, in that regard. So who knows what, if, if we'll see teams active at, at that point and, and what we'll find at the, at the deadline on Friday. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, it's going to be, uh, it's always an exciting time. It's always kind of a tense time. And, uh, you know, the Indians are kind of in an interesting situation too, Joey. I mean, they're, they're, they're not, you know, hyper in contention. You know, it's not like they have a, they have needs, but it's not like one guy is going to get them over the top, you know? And right. so do they sell, do they, and, you know, we, we talked about, it. do they sell, do they buy, do they, you know, kind of just tread water? Yeah, more signs pointing towards selling than uh, than buying at this point right now. All right, uh, the off day yesterday, uh, Monday uh, for the Indians, they were not completely inactive on the off day. They did make one uh, waiver wire move. They acquired uh, Alex Young, a left-handed pitcher from the Diamondbacks on the waiver wire. Uh, they assigned him, they, they optioned him to AAA. He's on the 40-man roster. In order to make room on the 40-man roster, they moved Aaron Savali to the 60-day injured list, and that means that the earliest we're going to see Aaron Savali is uh, sometime around August 22nd. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is uh, you know Savali's supposed to throw a bullpen today, I think, at, at Progressive Field. But uh, you know, this just shows you that uh, you know he's they they're not they're being very very careful with him. And not to mention Beaver, but, you know, with uh, Savali, 
what uh, you know. So if he if he's eligible, uh, you know, in August twenty second, twenty first, you know, he's going to have to uh, he's going to have to go some. He's going to have to you know do a couple more bullpens, a simulated game, couple uh, you know uh, uh, rehab starts, and uh, we'll see where he is. We'll we'll see where he is at the end of August, and uh, but it, it you know it also kind of tells you, Joe, that, you know, that urgency to get these guys back might not be there. And the, Mm -hmm. that urgency is they've, they've studied their situation. They know where they are in the wild card. They know where they are in the, in the division. And, uh, you know, I know they, under normal circumstances, they, they take, they make sure they take care of Savali and Bieber, but uh, that urgency right now isn't there, so they're going to be very, very cautious with these guys. Yeah, it doesn't. Re- it doesn't really feel like uh, there's that push to get them back any earlier than uh, ahead of schedule, uh, just because they're they they realize what their situation is. Like you said, uh, Chris Antonetti, in fact, on Sunday saying that their play, the team's play over the last several weeks, has sort of given them more information about what their situation is, and that's the it sort of informed their decisions uh, upcoming. So uh, we'll, we'll look forward to that. Uh, looking forward to tonight, the Indians, a quick two-game series against the St. Louis Cardinals. Adam Wainwright, always a, a tough matchup for the Indians. Uh, he goes tonight against Cal Quantrill. Quantrill, of course, uh, six, out, six innings in his last couple of outings, uh, his last couple of starts. He's, he's really battled out there. He's, he's given the Indians a chance to win pretty much every time he's gone out the last few, uh, the last few starts. Uh, what are we expecting in this, uh, this brief uh, appearance by the Cardinals at progressive field? Yeah. Uh, Quantrill's, you know, really kind of grown into that starting role right now, Joey, we've seen him, you know, that, and that's a difficult thing to do this to open the season in the bullpen, you know, then get, you know, then kind of rework your whole routine, get stretched out, and, uh, you know, to go into the rotation and it's dangerous too. you know, you, you expose yourself to injury. So he's done a, he's done a really a, kind of a, a, an under the, ra- a good under the radar job, I think. And I think he's won his last two starts. He pitched great in, in, in Oakland, uh, to beat the A's and Wainwright, you know, Joe, I, I don't know if, uh, if, if, if you're, if you're the Indians hitting coaches, can you tell these guys not to swing at that curveball? I mean, I've seen the last two years, they haven't come close to hitting that. He beat them, you know, he's beat them twice in St. Louis over the last two years, even during his 60 game sprint. I, I think he threw a, a, a complete almost, almost through a no hitter. Yeah. yeah. The guys, the guy's 90 years old and he's still, they still can't hit him. Yeah. That's the thing. Uh, it, it's tough to beat a guy who's got the uh, fountain of youth uh, in his bathroom uh, back home in his apartment. Uh, I mean, and he, he's just, uh, you know, taking a bath in it every night. And obviously, Adam Wainwright uh, able to, to, to sort of, you know, be productive and be consistent for all these years. Uh, tough matchup for the Indians, like I said. I, yeah, it, it, it should be fun to, to watch Quantrill. Uh, like you said, his his last outing, I believe, against Tampa Bay, they uh, they weren't able to win, but he he did give them a, a real good chance to to come out and and, yeah. and take that one. Like uh, like Harold Ramirez said, they the the Rays sort of picked their pockets a couple of times uh, uh, in that in that series. So uh, should be fun. Uh, looking forward to it, and uh, we'll we'll follow our coverage here on Cleveland.com. Hoynes uh, will talk to you again uh, afternoon game on Wednesday, so we'll talk to you again sometime Thursday. 
All right, Joe.